Good morning. Welcome to Harmony. Would you stand up with us this morning? It is a fabulous day outside. I'm looking so forward to today, all that's going on and all that's happened already this weekend. So let's just think about the words of this song. Sing with me right here. And because, and because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. God sent his son. They
across that river, I'll find life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way, You know, the reason that we come and gather together is because he lives. If Jesus wasn't alive, that would absolutely change everything, right? We wouldn't have a reason uh, to come together. We wouldn't have a reason to worship uh, anything at, at all, but we do, and uh, we want to welcome you today. So whether you're here live in our service, whether you're watching at home or some other location uh, on our online campus or through a Facebook live stream, whatever it might be, we are thrilled that you are with us today, and we want to to thank you. How many of you are excited today because Jesus is alive? Let, let, let's just celebrate that, right? I, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I, this has been an absolutely incredible week here at Harmony. Um, I, I just want to say I am thankful to be able uh, to be your pastor. You have blessed my family and I time and time, our staff, uh, others, uh, over and over again, and uh, we are thankful for you. But this week, we started off uh, with one of our longtime members going uh, to heaven. And uh, Paul Toller, we celebrated his life on, on Monday. And, and that was a, a bit of a downtime, right? But you come in and, and you see that uh, because he lives, we can, we can 
face tomorrow and think about uh, Paul crossing and, and going into the presence of Jesus, that's something that we can celebrate and, and know. But, but we started off the week like that, but at the same time, just a few hours later, Mississippi Builders, CBMI, came in, uh, and, and they revamped the basement area and raised the ceiling uh, over there and, and put some different materials in, did some other work over there, and it's still a work in progress, but that took place this week. And uh, then, last Sunday, I asked you... To help a family in need, we sent out an email. And because of you and because of connections to community and, and other things, we were able to bless that family in an absolutely incredible way. And I mean from the basic needs that, that they had of, of things that we would never think of not having, they didn't have. Um, and, and I just want to say you are absolutely awesome. One email, one uh, simple announcement, and, and you literally furnished a home. Okay, can, can, can we celebrate that? God is, is truly good, and God blesses beyond measure. And I just want to thank you. Uh, for your goodness, for your generosity, for your faithfulness. Uh, it, it's, it's an absolute joy uh, to be able to worship with you and, and to, to lead in this place. Well, today, our ladies' ministry has some incredible things taking place. Ladies, I would encourage you before you leave today, if you're watching online, you can't do it before you leave today, but you can say, hey, we would like more information about the ladies' ministry and the coming events, and, and there's some ideas taking place uh, back there. You can walk back, sign up for some of the events uh, that are coming up. Uh, they've, they've got an, an outing to go see Shonda Pierce in September. Some other things are, are, are taking place uh, periodically throughout the, the remainder of this year, planning for next year. So ladies, if you would like to be a part of a, a ladies' ministry, some exciting, fun opportunities to grow in your relationship with others, to grow in your relationship with Christ, I want to encourage you to stop by before you leave today right here in the back of the Family Life Center and uh, sign up for different things. They're raffling some things off and, and, and other things back there. And uh, who knows what all they're, they're giving away. Uh, they just asked if they could do it. And I learned a long time ago uh, when a group of ladies say, hey, can we do this? You're better off just to say, yeah, go ahead and, and uh, do, do it. Um, and uh, they're, they're going to uh, do a great job. Uh, with that, and, and I just want to encourage you, uh, ladies, uh, to stop by there uh, and get the information, get signed up, and get connected, and help it become everything that it can be. Well, it's great to have all of you on our service today. I know that we have some first-time guests, uh, some folks visiting uh, from out of town, and we want to thank you uh, for being here and being a part of our service today. If it's your first time, we would love for you to stop by the Connection Center on your way out today. Uh, before you leave, we have a gift that we would love to send home with you, and we would love the opportunity to learn more about you and how we can serve you and your family uh, and make a difference in your life. Again, thank you for being with us today. Uh, we're going to sing two more songs. I'm going to come back in just a, a moment uh, and uh, share a message from our remarkable series. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 5, and we're going to take a, a quick look at how one person uh, was faced with so many problems, but when Jesus steps in, that problem changes everything and uh, takes on new priorities in, in life, and we all can do that through that same Jesus today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. And Father, as we gather here this morning and we worship you, 
I just thank you for this place that you've given us. The opportunity that we have to serve, the opportunity that we have to be generous. Lord, the opportunity that we, we even have to, to weep together, to worship together, to walk through life together. God, you are truly an amazing God. You are a good God. And, and, and Lord, we can't thank you and praise you enough for who you are and all that you have done and all that you're going to do. So, Lord, today we just ask you to meet with us. And, Lord, whether it's where we're singing songs in here this morning and listening to your message or tonight out at the fairgrounds as uh, our uh, worship team and and others will be out there uh, right around 6 o'clock this evening celebrating your name as we can go out there as a church family and and pass out information and and celebrate who you are there in in a public uh, area. Lord, I just ask that no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on, we'll realize that we can worship you and that we truly have a God who loves, have a God who saves, and, and Lord, you can do all things. So Lord, be with us in these next few moments. And Father, I pray that you would help change our life. For it's in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with us one more time? As we look into Mark chapter number five today, it's a couple of my favorite stories of the Bible. But the main thing that I take away from the stories of Mark five is that no matter what chains are in our lives, no matter what hurdles, mountains, valleys that we're facing, if we trust God with them, he can take those away and make a big difference. It's all because of his love, his mercy, and his amazing grace. Sing out with me as we sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. T'was grace. That taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first my chains are
grace is extended to you this morning. It seems like all I could see was the struggle. Haunted by ghosts that live in my past. We've all been there.
you can trust in this morning. this morning. You may be seated. Please pay attention to the video screen. biggest problem is right now, what would come to your mind? Would it be a person? Would it be a place? Would it be a struggle that, that you just are, are trying to, to deal with? Maybe it would be a, a physical aspect of life that you would just say, look, this is, this is what I'm battling. This is what's going on right, right now. This is my problem. You see, chances are our problems have, have a face, they, they have a name, something that we can uh, associate with. Now, think about this, all right? If you could trade that problem right now, if you could just exchange that problem, get rid of that problem, and, and have your life changed, and to be able to change 10 other cities, would you exchange that problem right now? 
think about that. If you could just get rid of that problem, your life be different and be able to change 10 other cities, would you do it? Some of you are saying that's a stupid question. Because if I could get rid of my problem and just change me and not change anybody else, I would do it, right? So some of you are thinking, look, here, here's the reality. If, if I could just get rid of a portion of the problem, I would do it. Well, today in, in Mark chapter 5, we're, we're going to meet a man who had an unbelievable, indescribable problem. People had tried to change the problem. They had tried to rearrange the, the, the problem. They had tried to name it. They had tried to associate it with, with many different things and, and give many different solutions. But, but here's the reality. Their solution never worked. The problem always stayed. And the man's life remained unchanged. Yet today, we're going to see that what makes Jesus so remarkable is he takes one man, he takes one problem, he changes one man's life. Life, and he uses that man to change 10 cities. So today, no matter where you're at and no matter what your struggle might be, no, no matter what's going on and the problem that you would say, look, this problem, here it is, you would describe it, you, you could underline it, you could highlight it, you could begin to put all kinds of things around it. You, you would say, the struggle is real, the problem is personal, is there any way Jesus could help me? And the answer is this, yes. Jesus can take your problem, and Jesus can change your problem. He can eliminate your problem. He can help you get through your problem, and he can give you a brand new set of priorities in life that would not only change your life, but help you change those around you. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, and the verse we, we start off with is just verse number 1. It, it says, then they came to the other side. Remember last week when we were in the middle of the storm out on the sea? And, and I said, look, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Let, let, let's go to the other side. And when they get out in the middle, they're encountering all these problems. But the Bible says that they got through that storm and they came to the other side. So we pick up with this. that they've, they've overcome a problem. They've overcome a struggle. And here's what happens. Just like Jesus said, they went to the other side. They arrived on the other side safely. And here's what takes place. They get to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadareans. And when he had come out of the boat... Immediately, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the, the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And he cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once, Jesus gave them permission. 
Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. And they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got in the boat, he who had been a demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus had not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. So we have one man who was demon possessed. He had a problem that other people couldn't handle. We have one man who meets Jesus and his life is changed. We have thousands of demons on on the scene coming out of one man. that They said, you know what? We don't want to encourage life in anyone, not even in pigs. Don't don't torment us, Jesus. Would you let us take over the pigs? And and Jesus allowed them to do that. They they run down and, and they violently go over the cliff. They drown in the sea. People that see it run to town and say, wow, you're not going to believe what this guy has done to our pigs. Everybody comes out to see it. They find out what's taken place. They beg Jesus to leave. And then the guy that has had a changed life says this, Jesus, you're not very welcomed here. What makes you think I'm going to be very welcome here? Could I go with you? And Jesus said, no, I want you to stay. And I want you to tell people that the Lord has had compassion on you. So what did the man do? The man stayed. And the Bible says he went around to Decapolis, which is a group of about 10 cities, telling people just how good Jesus really is. So today we walk through a story of this man's life, an encounter with Jesus, a problem that was real, a problem that was powerful and personal, a problem that many people had not seen in that day, and and quite frankly, a problem that many of us don't see today, but it's a problem that we can tie back into our life and and begin to to see some parallels and begin to see how Jesus can change our life as well. You see, when we look at the the story of Jesus, as I said in in this verse of Mark chapter 5 and and verse number 1, Jesus keeps his promises, right? He, He told them, let's go to the other side. So Mark 5, 1 starts off, and when they had got to the other side, Jesus keeps his promises, Jesus is there in the midst of the struggle, and and here's what the Bible says. Jesus no sooner gets out of the boat, and he moves to what? A problem. It says immediately, here comes somebody with a problem. Do you always feel like you're surrounded by problems? I, I mean, do you ever feel like you get one problem solved, and then the next problem pops up? 
And, and you get that problem solved, and just about the time you think you got that solved, then two or three more kind of close to it pop up, and, and then you're trying to, to get another problem solved, and, and another problem pops up, and, and things are just unfolding and, and taking place like that. Here's what, what Jesus is doing. Jesus is moving among people. He's moving among places, and what we discover is they all have some problems. They all have some struggles. No one is immune to problems and struggles in this life. So, so let's look at what makes this situation practical for us. One of the things is this. Let's talk about the problems that, that shake us. Because this man and this community and these people had been shaken by the problem. It was a problem that was, was very personal. It was a problem that consumed them and, and overwhelmed them. You see, Jesus literally sails from one problem to the next. He comes out of a problem at the end of Mark chapter 4, comes into a, another problem. W what happens? He meets somebody. He, he meets a, a man that the Bible describes as an unclean spirit. So, so, so let's look at this man with an unclean spirit. The Bible says that they tried to bind him and they tried to chain him. In fact, they had tried to solve this man's problem multiple times. It seems like over and over and over, people are, are huddling around and they're running onto the scene and here's what they want to do. They want to change this guy's problem. They, they want to help with this guy's struggle, but then they don't know how to help him. So, so they just say, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tie him up and leave him by himself. Now let me ask you something. Do you really think tying somebody up and leaving them by themselves and letting them run around in the tombs is, is a way of solving a problem? But have you ever noticed that, that in, in our life today, sometimes when, when we don't know how to help somebody solve a problem, when we ourselves don't know how to solve a problem, we often maybe isolate ourselves or, or we isolate some others because we don't know exactly how to solve it and, and we walk away. We, we're not sure that, that we can identify with it or, or, or any number of things. So, so we just kind of push back from it. You see, there's a, a whole community of people that are, are right there. that They've tried to bind him, chain him. Their solution could not solve the problem. Do you know what the, the Bible says a little further? It says, And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. In verse number 5, it says, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. I want to tell you something. This guy has a problem and a struggle that shows up in our society and in our culture today. We see a man who's hurting to the point where he's, he's cutting himself. Moms, dads, I, I want you to, to, to pay attention to, to this. Others, I, I want you to, to, to listen in as, as well. When, when, when someone is, is cutting themselves, it's, it's not always, a, hey, I just need a little bit of attention. It, it's not, I, I, I want somebody to, to notice me. Psychologists and psychiatrists tell us 
That, that what happens often is, is people will, will cut themselves for some sense of, of relief because of the shame and the guilt and the worthlessness that they feel. And the body kicks into action. The heartbeat picks up and releases endorphins. And it offers a way of escape for them to not feel the internal pain that's going on. So, so think about this for just a moment. Here's a man that's being tormented by a problem that people can't figure out, but they're not spending much time with. They're just saying, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put him over in his own little area, and we're going to tie him up. We're going to chain him down, and we think that'll solve it. But over and over and over, their solution is not strong enough. Their solution doesn't get to a root of a problem. Here we have a man who feels absolutely worthless, a man that is completely out of control, a man who is harming himself because he sees no other way and he knows no other solution. And here's something else that we're going to see. You notice that, that the devil in this account, that the one who is called an unclean spirit, the legion of demons, his workers... His people, did you know what the Bible teaches us? That they want to destroy life. They don't appreciate the life of a man, and they didn't even appreciate the life of a pig. Think about that for just a moment. They, they said, we are bent on destroying life. Can, can I just say this? If they want to destroy a pig rather than be tormented themselves, how much more do you think they want to destroy human life? How much more do we need to be aware of some of the struggles that people are dealing with when they're isolated and alone? When they have something going on that, that we just say, look, we've tried some of the things that we know to do. Here, here's a, a reality. Not, not once do we see that they gathered and prayed. Not once did, did they attempt a, a spiritual solution. It, the, the story doesn't even record that they really tried to get, invo get involved in, and make any kind of emotional, spiritual, relational connection. They just said, man, this guy's crazy. He's got a problem. We're just going to try our solution. And when our solution doesn't work, here's what we're going to do. We're going to follow the definition of insanity. And we're going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And we're going to expect a different result. Anybody ever been there before? So here's what happens. Jesus meets this man with a problem. Some of you are saying, you know what, John, my, my problem is, is nothing like this. I, I'm not possessed by, by a demon. Nah, probably not. But you've got one, if you're a Christ follower, who does not want you to have peace of mind. If you're a Christ follower today, and, and even if you're not a Christ follower, we all have an enemy, the devil. He doesn't want us to have peace of mind. He, he doesn't want us to have peace in life. He doesn't want us to seek spiritual help and, and receive spiritual answers. He wants to destroy us right where we are in any way that he can. And here's what he'll do. He'll use anything in his power to bring destruction into our life and in, and in the lives of others. So this man who was cutting himself and, and crying out was really dealing with an internal soul problem. Brian Bell, a commentator, says, says this. He says, cuts on the arm are gashes on the soul. Think about that for just a moment. Not talking just about this man, but, but talking about people that, that are, are having that struggle as, as a whole. And there are many times where, where the struggles of this life take an unbelievable 
toll on the soul of our life. So we find ourselves saying, what, what can we do? Well, here's what Jesus does. You see, we, we've got the problem that, that shakes us, and, and it had shaken this man to his core, literally. And, and even some of the people maybe around him. But, but Jesus does something that's a little bit different. And here's what Jesus does in this moment that, that we need to just kind of pick up and, and run with. Jesus is the person that embraces us. That the people of Jesus, the followers of Jesus, ought to be ones that em embrace those that are dealing with struggles, that are dealing with some problems. Hey, do you know what Jesus does? He met him right where he was. Verse number two, we don't have to go any farther than that. When he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. How easy would it have been for Jesus to say, really, I, I just was out in, in the boat and I had my own storm going on. It was really kind of, you know, cool. You should have been there, but I've, just give me a breather. Just give me a moment. Just give me some, some space. I'm, I'm kind of busy and I, I got all these things going on and there's some demands on my time, so, so I'll get back with you later. He could have said all of those things, but, but he didn't say any of those things. Here's, here's what happened. Jesus meets him right where he was. And Jesus speaks right to the need. You, you notice we get some narrative, all the descriptions that other people have tried. And here's what happens. It says, as soon as he sees Jesus, in verse number six, it says, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and, and worshiped him. The, the, the demon knows that Jesus is around, takes the, the man and says, look, let, let, let's go worship Christ. Because here's what happens. The scripture tells us that even the devil believes in who Jesus is. Even his followers, that the demons believe in who Jesus is. It says this, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. A demon begging for mercy in the presence of Jesus. And then Jesus said this, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. It says also he begged him, the him being Jesus earnestly, that he would not send them out of the country. Jesus stops for, for just a moment, and he's the person that speaks to the need. You see, many solutions had been tried, but none of the solutions got down to the heart of the problem at this point in time. You notice that, that sometimes... We always assume that people are the problem. Years ago, I, I read a, a book by Ken Blanchard and another author, and, and here's what they said. It, it gets, get, gets your attention, and, and here's what, what it says. People are never the problem. It's a business book. It's not a spiritual book. It's, it's a business book, and, 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 and their method was, was this. We, we focus on, on people being the problem, but people are, are really not the problem, and, and they pointed to a, a couple of things that, that it could be. Well, when we look at, at Scripture, here's what we find, that just like God often uses people to bless and, and do other things, that, that Satan wants to go ahead and get people off track, and he wants to discourage people, and, and he will use people 
to do his work, to, to do his bidding. Sometimes they don't even know it's taking place. The Bible says this man wasn't in his right mind. This man is doing things that, that he's not fully aware of. Why? Because the devil wanted to destroy him. So we assume that people are the, are the problem. And here's what they were doing. They were just tying up a, a person and never dealing with the problem. So what happens? Jesus lets the man get close and he confronts the spiritual need. I wonder how many people right now in our community need a Christ follower to get close to them. To, to find out what's really going on in their life. To, to find out the struggle. To, to find out what, what's unfolding in life. There's a, there's a world of hurting people. There's a, a world of people that are filled with incredible, indescribable struggles. And many times we, we find our, ourselves in a setting and, and situation where we don't let anybody that we perceive as having a problem get close because we've got plenty going on ourselves. Yet when we look at Jesus, Jesus comes right out of a problem. Immediately he's met with another problem. And he says, okay, let's sit down and talk about this. Who are you? What's, what's going on? You know, Jesus wasn't afraid of the problem at all. And somebody would say, well, that's because he's Jesus. Uh, I'm, I'm not Jesus. I, I can't do what he did. And you know what? I would agree that none of us are Jesus. None of us are God. But I would also tell you that the Bible says this, that the same power that brought Jesus up from the dead, if you're a Christ follower, lives in you. I would tell you that we can do more to embrace somebody's problem than tie them up and leave them in a cemetery. We could do more to be a solution to somebody rather than, than to, to put them off someplace where it's out of sight, out of mind, and, and when we see the, the crazy coming, we, we just kind of go another direction. We, we begin to, to distance our, our, ourself from it. Jesus em, embraces the person. He, he meets them right where they are. And, and here's what happens. In verse number 8, for he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. All Jesus does is speak a word. Nothing fancy, nothing tricky. He, he doesn't say we have to, to build the, the, this, this great show. We got to do this great demonstration. He, he doesn't say I, I really need a, an incredible crowd. But it, scripture unfolds like this is Jesus and a, and a few people, and then the crowd comes after the fact. Jesus says, come out from him, unclean spirit. Verse number nine, then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Do you get how Satan and his followers know that Jesus is in charge? 
I mean, they're just having conversation with Jesus. Why? Because they understand that whatever Jesus says is what's going to happen. You see, they, they understand that when Jesus said, let's go to the other side, it means that we're going to the other side. They understand when Jesus says, look, come out of him, unclean spirit, that they're going to have to do what Jesus says, what Jesus instructs. They understand that, that Jesus is the one in charge and Jesus will keep his word. It's, it's absolutely amazing when we read down through there. It says, and he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountain. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Let's take a look at the power that saves us. Let, let, let's just look at the power that saves us. The power that saves us from what? The power that saves us from our problem. We all have a problem that's called sin, and none of us can take care of that problem ourselves. But Jesus took care of the problem. How did he do it? He came to this earth to live his life. He died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again. That's the power that saves us. It was the word of Jesus, the life of Jesus. It saves us. That, that's his power. But the scripture teaches us that Jesus is, is the one that, that puts it all together, right? God holds it all in control. And when life seems out of control and there's a problem that's overwhelming us and a problem that's way bigger than we are, here's what happens. Jesus meets us where we are and there's a power available in him not only to give us eternal salvation, eternal life, but there's a power available in him to help us in the midst of a very real struggle, to help us in, a, in, in the midst of a very real personal practical problem that's in our life. You see, the only thing that changes this man's life is the word of Jesus. The person of Jesus. We often think that the problems of life have solutions that are really deep and really slick and really professional. And, and, and I'm going to tell you this, there, there are times where, where many of those help and, and, and they aid the process. But I want to tell you, the, the, the power of Jesus is absolutely amazing. And when we begin to trust him and to take him at his word, it can change absolutely everything in our life. Because here's what happens. The demons have to listen to him. The demons recognize the power of Jesus. So, so let me just ask you something today. Why don't we? The demons recognized that Jesus was in complete and total control. Do you know what they said when Jesus arrived on the scene? They said, wow, this gig's over. There's somebody here that's greater than we are, and we're going to have to do exactly what he says. So we're going to try and, and get something out of it so that we're not tormented. Jesus shows up and, and they're on the run. The problems begin to want to flee when Jesus enters the setting and situation. Do you know what happens in our life when we really let Jesus come in? 
and listen to us and speak to us and to begin to say words into our life and speak his truth into our life, that the problems will begin to move away. They will begin to get a little further away from us. So it's kind of interesting that the demons believed, but the people that were looking for the Messiah didn't believe. I mean, this is not the first time Jesus has been in this area. He's, he's healed. He's done so many things. It's been absolutely incredible. I, I mean, he, he's making inroads and, and healing people and doing miraculous things. And, and people are looking for a Messiah, yet they're not buying into that Jesus is the one that they were really looking for. I've often seen this in my life, and I'm sure that you've probably seen it in yours if we're having a moment of honesty, that it's easier to see the person with the problem sometimes than the one with the power to save us from the problem. It's easier to see the problem than to see and listen to the one that can can change it. It's easier to put a name and a face in a location, in a date, in a time, on that feeling, on that circumstance, on that situation, than it is to see that Jesus can change it, that Jesus can overcome it. You know, when we begin to look at the problems that shake us, and there are many, it's the same person over and over and over that embraces us. And it's the same power every time that offers salvation. You see, in Mark chapter 5, we're seeing one of the first things on the the scene as far as a, a man having a demon. But Jesus has already overcome many problems that have shaken people. And and. In this passage of scripture, we're going to go on and we're going to see a, a woman who has a struggle that, that she can't overcome. We're going to see another that, that has a daughter that, that is, is dealing with, with death. And Jesus is going to say, look, these problems, they shake you, but, but I'm the same person that can save you. And I'm the same one that will love you no matter what and meet you where you are. You see, whatever your problem is and whatever the problem was recorded throughout the Bible It's the same person that embraced the people that were struggling along the way. And it's the same power that saved them that will save us today. But here's what I want us to see today. It's the priority that changes us. It says in verse number 14, those who fed the swine fled. They told it in the city and in the country, and then they went out to see what it was that had happened. Can you imagine, in in verse number 14, I would imagine that those people ran out just because of the way things unfold. I would imagine that they ran out and said, the pigs are dead. I highly doubt that they said, you know what? That guy that we've tried to take care of, that we've put off, that that we tried to, to chain and do something with the one that ran around in the tombs, you know, the crazy one we're, we're, we're talking about, that guy is completely in his right mind. You, you, you've got to come and see it. Now, that, that's it's really not what happened. They went out and said, the pigs are gone. The people show up and said, wow, pigs are gone. 
that means our money's gone. Uh, that, that, that means our comfort is, is over right now. And here's what it says. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told him how it happened to, to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. It says, and when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. The priority that changed us. When we look at what scripture points out, the people's priorities were, were this. They said, we're going to tame the man, meaning we're not going to get that involved. We're, we're, we're going to go ahead and protect our pigs. And here's what we're going to do, Jesus. We're so comfortable just like we are, we would prefer that you leave. They protected their solution. They protected their living. And they protected their culture. They said, Jesus, you've been here long enough. Isn't it amazing, the one that they were looking for? The Messiah was right there. The one that could take care of all the problems, not just for them, but, but all the neighbors, all the loved ones, past, present, and future. They, they said, hey, we've had enough of you. The changes that you've brought in just a few minutes that you've been around, wow, they're pretty costly. They make us uncomfortable. Could you leave? Let's take a look at the priority of some others. What was Jesus' priority? Jesus' priority was delivering the man and teaching us the worth of a soul. Do you, know, do you know what we can learn? Do you know what Peter can learn from this? And we all can learn that, that while Jesus might value the life of an animal, you, the worth of a soul is a far more concern to him. The worth of a soul is a far more concern to him. You say, do you not like animals? Hey, I've got, I've got two dogs. And you know what? I love them. I take care of them. Well, my wife takes care of them, but they're taken care of, right? <laughs> they just tend to go to her a little, little more. But you know what? Are, are they valuable? Do they have some worth? Absolutely. They're a part of God's creation. But, but Jesus teaches us the worth of a soul. And the worth of a soul is greater than our comfort. The value of a life and someone's condition is more meaningful than how we can just negotiate and, 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 and make our way through life. When, when we begin to see what Jesus teaches us in, in, a, in a passage of scripture that can get really complicated and we can say, wow, all this demon possession and all the other things that, that it's about. We can sit down and talk about many of those things in another setting, but, but here's the reality. Jesus meets people with problems over and over and over 
and they were problems that would shake us. But there's the person that embraces us, and then there's the power that saves us, and then there's the priority that changes us. And, and here's what happens. When we begin to see how much Jesus has changed our life, here's what we want to do. We want to share it with others. What was the, the priority for the man who was demon-possessed. Did he want to go back to the shackles? Did he want to go back to the cemetery? Did he want to go back to where he had been and where he was comfortable? Absolutely not. He said, Jesus, these people don't want you here. Here's what I want to do because you're not wanted here. I want to go with you. I want to be close to you because you changed me and, and I'm comfortable with you. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, no, I want you to stay right here because these people need what you have. And that needs to be the priority. You see, the priority of, of what we could call the maniac is this, to show how Jesus changed his life. So what changed us will change our priorities. And I firmly believe that. When Jesus changes our life, do you know what happens? Our priorities will change. What, what matters most in our life will really begin to change. The other people... We can look at and say, wow, they didn't want Jesus around. They hadn't been changed by Jesus. But when we say we've been changed by Jesus, do you know what happens? Our priorities really ought to model that change. If Jesus has changed my life, then, then, then here's the reality. I ought to be willing to help other people have that same life change. When Jesus has, has turned my life around, I ought to be willing to help other people experience that. You see, what changes you will take on a greater value. It will become a greater priority in your life. So Jesus said, I want you to stay here and I want you to go to Decapolis. Here's a man who had been crazy. He was referred to as a maniac. Now Jesus is saying, you're a missionary. You know what the greatest thing that we could do in and life is, we could bring the problem that shakes us to the person that will embrace us, experience the power that will save us, and let that power change the priority within us. Because that's what this man did. In a matter of moments, his life was changed, and Jesus said this, look, you had, you had this problem, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and tell people how I changed your life. Today, we, we've got... We've got problems, and undoubtedly, we need help with our, our problems. But rather than, than focusing on the problem, let's focus on the person that will embrace us and the power that can save us and the priority that will change our life and change the lives of others. This man went to 10 cities. And the Bible says people stood back, and they were in awe of what had taken place. Not in awe of his problem, in awe of the power of Jesus that could change his life. And here's the reality. People will say, well, what am I going to do when I tell people what Jesus has done for me and people, didn't, people don't believe me and they treat me wrong? Can I just tell you something? The same people that are going to treat you wrong that way and make you uncomfortable that way. Do you know what, you know what they're going to do? They're going to make you uncomfortable by staying there. The man that had a problem wasn't treated right by the people to start with. They said, hey, Jesus, why don't you go? So, so there's a, a strong probability that they weren't going to treat him 
any different than what they treated Jesus. You see, we want to follow Jesus, but we want to be more comfortable than what Jesus was. Understand this. When we're going to really live our life for Christ, there's going to be some moments where people are uncomfortable and people would say, look, I would really rather not have you around. Here's the reality. That can hurt a little bit, but that's on them, not on you. They asked Jesus to leave. They, they, They asked Jesus to leave. Think about that for just a moment. The son of the living God, the one who was more powerful than anyone, they said, could you spare us? Could you get out of here? You make us uncomfortable. All he had done was loved on somebody. That's it. He had changed somebody's life. It made him uncomfortable. Jesus says, look, person that's changed, your priority has now changed. And if you will go, here's what's going to happen. You're going to change others. The Bible says he went and others were changed. And today, I don't know what your problem is, but I want to encourage you to give your problem to the one that will embrace you. And that one is Jesus, no matter what it is, no matter where it is, he will take care of it. And that same power that saved this man on that day is available to you today. And maybe you're here and you would say, John, you know what? I've already experienced that power. And I want to ask you this. How is Jesus changing your life, changing your priorities? Because the moment this man met Jesus, Jesus said, you got a new life to live. Let me ask you something. Are you living that new life? Or are you still spending time in old, comfortable, formal places? Is life the same as it used to be? You just kind of come occasionally, you're there, and you're missing out on the remarkable life of Jesus. That's what Jesus said. He said, I don't want you to miss it. I don't don't want you to miss out on it. I don't want others to miss out on it. I want you to go, and I want you to tell others that the problems that shake you, there's one that will embrace you, that has the power to save you, and can change you from the inside out. Would you pray with me? With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're not certain that Jesus is your Savior, I want to encourage you right here, right now, the best you know how, just to simply say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And I want to ask you to be my Savior. Today, he'll do it. So if you've got a want to in your heart, a simple prayer, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Please save me. Make that your prayer right now. Whether you're here, whether you're online, let him be your Savior. Maybe you're here today and you would say, John, I've got a problem that's shaking me right now, a problem, a struggle that's very real. Maybe you just need to bring it to Jesus. He's not going to shove you away. He's not going to keep you at arm's distance. He's going to bring you close if you'll let him. The demons cooperated and had to, to flee. Sometimes in our own stubbornness, we put up our own 
walls and we continue and we want to solve things our way instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to take you at your word. So maybe today you just need to say, okay, Jesus, I've got this problem. I'm bringing it to you and I'm asking you to work in my life. I'm asking you to speak that word, to show me what needs to be done to help me to trust you. Maybe you would say, Jesus, I'm asking you to give me a different list of priorities today because I have been changed by you and I want my life and the lives of others to be changed by you because of what you have done for me. Whatever the need might be, let Jesus speak that into your life today. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. Lord, if there's one here, one watching that doesn't know you, I pray that they would come to know you, that they would just take that step of faith and that they would give their life to you. Father, I pray that you would help all of us to say, Lord, here's our problem, and to bring it to you, to meet you, knowing that you'll meet us right where we are. And Lord, I ask for the things that are bigger than we are, the problems that are smaller than we are, that we'll trust you with them, whatever it might be, and God, that we will let you work and that we will live a different life. Father, you took this man literally from being one that was described as a maniac to one that you gave a missionary responsibility. And Lord, you've done that for all of us. Whatever we were described as before, when we come to know you, we're now called to live our life for you. So Lord, I ask that you would help all of us to realize that our priorities, our next steps in this faith journey as we follow you, Father, those things that matter to you need to matter to us. And I pray that you would help us to see that and not only to see that, but to embrace that and to live that, to be willing to go out into our community and around the 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 community in which we live and, and around the world and God to be able to be a light for you as a church and as individuals. Father, we thank you for all that you are and all that you do. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Thank you, Harmony at Home, and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I wanna encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he 
will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're a part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home, and I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life, and I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.